I'm Seth Day. I use he, they pronouns. And I'm Rebecca Hackmeyer, and I use she, her pronouns. And And you're you're listening listening to Rad Child Child Podcast. Podcast. This month, we're talking a little bit about mental health, and specifically, we're talking a little bit about depression and anxiety. And so today, we're talking about our our favorite books that talk about anxiety. Um, I actually had a lot of trouble with this one because when I was looking up, you know, children's books about anxiety, I was getting a lot of books about like worries or, um, you know, uh, stress. And while some of those things are related to anxiety and some of those things can be useful when talking about anxiety, I think it's sometimes they're conflated as the same thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, yeah, so I was I had a little bit of trouble uh, finding books, but I ended up finding actually a couple that I really liked. Um, there was there was one. I guess I'll start with the one that I I've known about the longest that I had I had for a while, which is called "All Birds Have Anxiety," and that's by Kathy Hoopman. Um, and it is I could honestly I couldn't find any information in the book, so I'm assuming it's photographs. I'm assuming she also. Let's see cover image source ln arts but it doesn't say where the actual photographs are from Hmm. um but it's by anyway it's uh illustrated by or illustrated by it's published by jessica kingsley one of our favorite favorite publishers um and it's basically this really cute little book that sort of just goes through it's it's rather long it's how many pages is it i believe they're numbered which we love. Yeah, it's like 64 pages, so it's rather long. Um, But there's not too many words on every page. Um, But it basically just sort of goes through and explains what anxiety is. It talks about, it has like a lot of factual information in it. Um, And uh, I'm just going to flip through here. Um, And it sort of explains you know, explain sort of what it's like to have anxiety. And it's got all these very cute pictures of birds in it that sort of illustrate the different ideas. Um, so like, for example, one of the pages is like, of course, everyone feels anxious sometimes, which can be good when you need, you know, when you need to take care or if there's danger nearby and there's like a little bird and there's like a cat behind the bird, you know, like there's danger, you know, those kind. it just illustrates things like that. Um And so it sort of goes on to explain that, you know, some of us are anxious even when we're not in danger and life seems to be going well. Um, And it just sort of goes through and it's very, it's funny. I read it to my wife who has anxiety and she was like, I feel attacked by this book. All of this is accurate. (laughs) I feel feel seen. Um, I I like, there's a page that's like, even thinking about being anxious can make you anxious. And she was like, yes, this is, this is all accurate. (laughs) Um, it talks about, you know, how it can run in families um, and just sort of what it feels like, you know, uh, like first comes an uneasy feeling that grows and grows until you are so scared you can't move or breathe. Often you don't even know why, um, which I appreciated because sometimes, you know, that's I think one of the biggest differences between being nervous about something, right, and ha- having anxiety is that anxiety can happen for seemingly no reason. Sometimes there can be a trigger. Sometimes it just happens. Um as opposed to when you're nervous about something or right, you're worried about something, it's about something, you know? Um, and then it even talks about like the physical, uh, you know, f- f- ways that it can physically manifest itself, like getting dizzy, sweaty, headaches, heart pounding, that kind of stuff. Um, and so it's just like really 
it's a really good, really cute book. I really appreciate the silly pictures. Um, and it's also just like really beautiful photography. But uh, it, I think it's just really comprehensive when sort of talking about what anxiety looks like. And then it also um, talks about some ways to cope with anxiety as well. It, you know, it also talks about like framing, reframing the way that we think. So it says it's also good to remember that anxiety is not your fault and will not rule you forever. That you then you can practice choosing to think about things in a different way. And then it shows this like goofy looking bird with all these thought bubbles, and it says, "Not doing it will not not doing it will make me more anxious than doing it. I don't have to be perfect. It's great. I tried my hardest. The world won't end if I make a mistake." Um, you know, and it's, it's also saying, you know, if it can help if you don't fear anxiety when it comes along, instead accept it with an annoyed sigh. And then there's this like little chick and there's like a shadow of a vulture and the chick is like, oh, it's you again. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That also it's, reminds me of the one of the books that we read, uh, like so the, the messaging that came through in a lot of the books that we read about depression. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah um, making space like honoring the emotions and, and yes yeah so I really and I really liked that and it goes on to you know talking about uh the you know breathing and having you know um, different coping mechanisms like breathing and having a support system and all this stuff um and so it's just overall I really like it I think it's a really cute book um the the only so my sort of way to goes in general are I appreciated like it also talks about like things not to say to someone with anxiety, um, mm-hmm. which I like like it's going to be fine and like that kind of stuff that's like not helpful um, because I think a lot of us want to be helpful and don't know what to say and sometimes can sort of say the wrong things, um, you know, not knowing that they're the wrong things. So I thought that that was helpful. Um, it talks about sort of like uh, how. Um, Oh, how sometimes like we can, uh, folks with anxiety might like not, not be able to follow through with plans or, you know, things like that. And I thought that, that was like a very practical and useful thing to know. Cause I know like a lot of times people can view folks with anxiety as being like unreliable. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just, you know, explaining why it sometimes is hard to follow through with plans and things like that. And I really liked, I know I, I read this line, but the idea that anxiety is not your fault, um, I really appreciated that that was in there. And in general, I just find it very comprehensive. And like I said, I like the illustrations. I think it's cute. Um, the only room to grow I had is at the very end. I, I'm just going to read it and I'm going to see what you think because I have feelings about it. So it says, caring for others. In, oh, no, sorry. I'm lying. Not that page. Until finally there will come a day when you can glide through your days without anxiety. Then you can look forward to whatever the future brings. And and even better, you can be happy living it. And to me, that feels a little bit like your anxiety is going to go away. Mm-hmm. I think what they're trying to say is that you will have coping mechanisms that can help you get through your day easier. But it comes off to me like, and then your anxiety will be gone one day. Um, right, right. So I feel like that could have been handled a little better. Like in, for example, in The Princess and the Fog, which we've talked about before, which is about depression. At the end, it sort of has this like, but that's not the end of the story, you know. And like when it does come back, we have coping mechanisms is kind mm-hmm. of the, um, the sort of idea at the end. And so that was the, that's the only thing I really have to say about it. Oh, okay. I see. 
at the end of the book, there are photograph credits. The photographs are done by all different photographers. Oh, wow. I have seen. Now, I, I just, I never noticed that before. See, I should read the back matter. <laughs> oh, and all the names of the kinds of birds are also there. That's fun. Yeah, a little bonus content. Learn a Bird little bit about birds. and photograph credits. Right, because things like maybe maybe one of the coping mechanisms is, you know, immersing yourself in nature and, and <laughs> helping with the birds. Bird watching. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I like this disclaimer. Bird names were identified by photographers and any mistakes are unintentional. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. That's pretty funny. Um, I wonder who came to them like, um, that's not really a duck. Uh, <laughs> Because right. that's, that's the one it would be, right? Oh my gosh. Anyway, but so so that's one of my favorites. That was one when I, I actually found it at the Trans Health Conference that happens in Philly every year. Jessica Kingsley often has a table there because they have a lot of books about gender as well. But I found that and I found Princess in the Fog on, this, on the same trip. And I was just like, the minute I read them, I was like, I need to own these books. Oh, so, that's, that's great. Yeah. yeah. So they were... Such a powerful response to a book. Yeah, it was really, you know, despite, you know, the sort of way it ends a little bit overall, I really thought that it was a good book. Um, and and it's funny, my wife is always my, uh, whenever I have books about, you know, anxiety or depression or in general, like things that relate to her, I always read them to her. And I'm like, what's your reaction to this? Like, before I say anything, as someone who like experiences this, I'm curious what your, you know, feelings about it are. Because um, mm-hmm. she often has different thoughts than I do as you know, someone who lives that experience. Um, but it's funny. We just have story time all the time now. <laughs> so what you're saying is that she's your sensitivity reader. Yes. probably <laughs> deserves a paycheck of some kind for her labor. <laughs> I mean, I bought her a stroller for our bunnies. That was her paycheck. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> she gets paid in bunny strollers. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's so funny. Um, Okay, so the I have I have two more books. In fact, it's funny because I had such a hard time finding books, and then I found I ended up finding more than I thought I was. You know, uh, in the beginning, I was having such a hard time, and then I was like, "Oh man, I have all these books." Mm-hmm. Um, so my second book is called "When My Worries Get Too Big: A Relaxation Book for Children Who Live with Anxiety, Second Edition." Um, <laughs> yes, new and improved. I know. And that is written and illustrated by Kari Dunn Byrne. Um, and it is uh, published by AAPC Publishing. Um, and so it's basically a little workbook that sort of goes through a story, but then is interactive. Um, so it has pages that you can fill out. So like the first page, for example, says sometimes kids have worries, but they also have things they're really good at. Uh, you know, I am really good at, and then it has like p- places for you to fill out what you're really good at and draw a picture of you doing your favorite thing. Right. Um, when I'm thinking about my favorite things, I'm so relaxed. My worries are at a one or a two. So it kind of relates worry, you know, your quote unquote worries on a scale from one to five, one being I'm fine, five being I'm not so fine. Um, and so it talks, it just sort of goes through and explains, um, you know, different, different things for this kid and how big their worries are when these things are happening, right? When I know what's going to happen, I really feel, uh, I really like what I'm doing. I'm most definitely at a one or a two. It's funny though. 
I mean, the illustrations are um, very basic, sort of like they look like a child's drawings, which I, you know, don't don't always uh, like I, I prefer really, you know, beautiful, elaborate illustrations. But I don't I don't mind the, the illustration style because I think that kids can relate to that. Um, but I think it's really funny. Like, for example, this page says, when I know what's going to happen or I really like what I'm doing, I'm most definitely a one or a two. And it's a picture of a kid with a thought bubble. I know what is happening. So it's like exactly what the page is saying <laughs> is always like in a thought bubble for the kid. And I'm like, that seems a little, a little redundant. Redundant. Um, needed to do a second edit. And remove yeah. <laughs> or like, like, again, like, but sometimes I worry too much. Like when I first get on the school bus and I don't know where to sit, but I I don't know where to sit you know it's like yeah. that kind of stuff um which I guess is a little bit of a room to grow for me but overall I you know I think it's cute so it's then it talks about you know when I worry too much my worries are at a four sometimes a four makes my stomach hurt so it sort of qualifies like the physical things that are going on as well um and you know it talks about you know if schedule like oh if schedules change, for example, I think I'm going to recess and recess gets canceled, you know, that, that might, you know, make my worries be a five. Um, and so then it, you know, it allows the kid to say, oh, what, here's one thing that might make my worries too big, or here I am at a five, or you could draw a picture. So it's really, it's interactive. It's a cute little workbook. Um, and then it goes on to, once it sort of explains uh, some different examples of what those numbers might look like, then it, sort of goes on to say, here are some things I can do, some coping mechanisms, right? It says I can squeeze my hands together. I can take some deep breaths in and out. I can sit and uh, sit down, rub my legs and close my eyes. Now I feel more like a three or a two. So it gives some coping mechanisms there, Talk, thinking about happy things like my dog or stuffed lion or our family cabin in the summer. <laughs> um, now I am at a one. And there's a picture of thinking about a pink dog, <laughs> which I appreciate. I hope their dog is actually pink. Um, and then, you know, again, it's like, here are some things I can think about to help me, you know, go from being a five to feeling like a one. And there's a little thought bubble for the kid to draw. Um, and yeah, so it's just sort of this cute little workbook. Uh, and then at the end, there's uh, like a sort of a, after sort of the story portion, there's a more workbook pages where you know it says let me tell you about my worries and it says like a five four three two one and you can write you know what your worries look like how your body feels when you're you know when you're at those different levels and and then it goes on to uh you know you can there's like sort of a little chart and you can say like here's a person place or thing that helps me feel better and here's some you know a thing that i can try when i'm feeling like this um and then it has sort of like a little calming sequence chart where like it talked about in the story where you could squeeze your hands together, you could take some breaths, um, things like that. So overall, I think it's a really cute little book. I like, I have mixed feelings about the use of the word worries, but maybe I'm just getting a little picky. <laughs> right, right. Because we, we do have to give grace that um, sometimes a synonym or a close synonym just makes the language flow better. Yes. Yeah. Right. I mean, um, but uh, what was I going to say? Things. Um, I, I feel like my only sort of room to grows are, like I said, the illustrations to like 
again, not my personal aesthetic. Doesn't mean that they're bad uh, or there's anything wrong with them. But for, for me, I just, um, I more, more so than the actual illustration style, I think just like the, the sort of little speech bubbles seem unnecessary mm-hmm. <laughs> um, or like they could have been illustrated in another way. Um, like it, it seemed kind of like a cop out to illustrating what was happening. <laughs> Can you say one more time who the who the illustrator was? Um, so it's illustrated and written by Carrie Dunburn. Oh, so it's actually um, Carrie Dunburn is the is both the illustrator and the author, right? Yes. You would think mm-hmm. I can see. I think in some instances, an author will write kind of overwrite a book because they have an idea of how they want the illustrations to look, and they're trying to signal information to the illustrator. Um. And in, when the illustrator is someone different, and in those cases, I, I think that a good editor will go through and kind of eliminate all those redundancies. Um, but it's interesting that this person actually did have full creative control. Um, and, and still and didn't did that. Yeah. That. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder. And I wonder if it's, I mean, I wonder if writing is more their strength than illustrating. And so they um, felt like writing words was easier to sort of illustrate what was going on you know what I mean Mm -hmm. um I'm not sure but um (laughs) there's one page this is when I'm thinking about my favorite things I'm so relaxed my worries are at a one or a two and it's two flags of one is the United States flag and the other is a flag that honestly I don't I don't know what country it is um but I just think that's so funny like those are your favorite things it's not like chocolate or like I don't know your your or toy dog again. America, I love America. <laughs> it's like five year olds is like oh, America, <laughs> so patriotic. <laughs> um, but also, uh, the the only other room to grow that I have is there. It's funny. I both my current roommate and my wife have anxiety, and I asked them not to say that that's the only experiences of anxiety that exist. But one of the things they were saying um, when they get to a five, it was ex- explaining it as this might make me scream or even hit someone. This is a five. My worries are too big, and I was like, guys, have you has your anxiety ever made you feel like hitting someone? And they were both like, no, it's not a thing. Hey, that, hey, hey, you know, that, that is uh, typical. When we get to one of my books, we will explore how it could be a thing. Let us okay. Let us, okay. Uh, let us leave room for all different expressions of anxiety. All right, that's fair. I have. I will say that I have never, I have never heard of that as sort of a feeling of. I, I feel like, uh, as opposed to lashing out, anxiety sort of tends to make folks go inward. Um, but I, but I suppose that that's not, I guess, I guess just as a, this seemed like sort of a more, like it was trying to be a little more universal about its experience. And that seemed kind of specific to me as something that might affect one person, but is not something that might, you know what I mean? Does that make any sense? Yeah. Um, Yeah. it seemed like like something that might affect a specific person, but it is not sort well, of the per- general. And particularly because they're presenting it as a as a spectrum, right? Like they're presenting it like when yeah. you, when you get to this level, rather than there are different ways to experience and internalize these feelings. Um, yeah, right. So not everyone that gets to a five is going to feel it's gonna punch someone. Like they're going, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like they need to punch someone, but some might. Yes, yes. 
Um, and then the other thing that I that I forgot to mention for my way to go is in the back. There's really great like recommend recommendations for teachers and parents. Um, and then there's also uh, some evidence-based strategies for proactively supporting highly anxious children. And one of the first one, it was so funny. The first one is to make, are you familiar with Harry Potter at all? Okay. Um, yes. Very okay. Much so. so, so the first one is to create a pensive like Dumbledore has where you take your thoughts mm. and you, so you write down essentially like you write down your negative thoughts and you put them in something mm-hmm. Like you make like a little box and you put them in there and that way you can access them later, but it's a way to like get them off of, you know, out of your head um, and put them somewhere else. And it was so funny. I was reading that to my wife and my wife was like, can we do that? <laughs> that sounds fun. Yeah. Um, but I appreciated there are some, there's some really useful I- ideas in here. Um, in the back, there's some nice back matter. So, and there's also front matter as well. There's like a dear parents and teachers, a forward as well as a sort of dear parents and teachers section that uh, explains a little bit about the book and about um, about sort of different things. So I, you know, overall, I really liked it. I liked that it's a workbook. Um, I think that's like it's sort of a combination workbook and story, which is kind of nice. Um, because it allows it, you know, it allows the kids to sort of interact and sort of take part and be like, Oh, and think about, you know, hmm, like, what can I, what can I physically like make a plan? Like I'm a big planner. I like lists. I like plans. I like the idea of saying, okay, the next time I feel like this, what can we do? Um, and it's, it's funny. Did I tell you, this is a little bit of a tangent, but did I tell you about, I mean, it's really not um, because it's useful for this as well. But did I tell you about that book? Uh, How many marbles do you have? Mm, is it the one that kind of? Yeah, I think that it's the one that um, that we said. It's the one that talks basically about spoon theory. theory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I finally received it, and it's absolutely wonderful. Highly recommend it. I mean, it's it's uh, it's geared towards um, folks with like a a child who has a parent with a um, chronic illness or uh, chronic fatigue, kind of that fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue, that kind of stuff. But it's really useful for everything. And it's funny after we, after we read it, my wife and I, we I literally went to the dollar store and bought marbles. And my wife has a marble jar now. And every day she puts her marbles in the jar. And that's how many marbles she has for the day. And when she spends a marble, she puts it, you know, in the other jar. Oh, and we found it like really useful. Um and but it, it's so funny the way that like reading kids books has actually like you know uh, I find even as an adult some of these techniques are really useful and helpful. Right. Um, so it's 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 definitely uh, don't discount kids books, man. They got good ideas. Oh, um, maybe the pensive needs to live next to the marble jar. Yes, our whole table is going to be just coping mechanisms soon. I, I, <laughs> our, I love that. I love the that. coping mechanism corner. I think we all need one. Seriously, well, that's what I used to say when I I used to work um, in a center for uh, folks who were. Um, who had, oh gosh, like developmental delays and things like that. It was like a, uh, like a a home, like a residence. Mm -hmm. And they had a, there were a lot of folks who were um, on the autism spectrum there and had different, you know, different sensory things. And uh, they had just a sensory room. 
And I was like, I want this in my house. I want a room in my house that is just like all these different sensory things and like, you know, different things to touch and like weighted blankets. And like, that's another thing that we use. We have a weighted blanket too. Weighted blankets are awesome for anxiety. Not a lot of people think about that when it comes to anxiety, but that's, I think we think about it more when it comes to sensory um, things, but weighted blankets are great for anxiety. Right. Um, but I always joked that I just wanted a nice sensory room where the floor was just like kinetic sand and like, it's <laughs> what yeah. I want in my house. Fantastic. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. But anyway, so my final book uh, is aptly called A Kid's Book About Anxiety. <laughs> um, I realized Straight that. Into I, the Yes. Um, Also, as a fun little plug, um, a kid's book about uh, actually is one of our new sponsors. And so you can, uh, if you want any of their wonderful books, you can get $5 off by entering the code RADCHILD, uh, one word. And so that's, and they're, if you get PDFs of their books, they're like 10 bucks. So it's like a $5 PDF, um, which is awesome. And even, they even have regular, they have regular codes too. If you buy like three of their books, it's 25% off. So you get five bucks off each book Mm -hmm. because they're 20 bucks each. Um, And they're awesome, awesome books. They have all kinds of topics that we cover. Like they have ones about disability. They have a couple, I think disability is coming out soon. Mindfulness is coming out soon. They have ones about feminism, about um, anxiety, depression, all sorts of like, just like, yeah, racism. Uh And then even other things like belonging, money. I'm very curious what a kid's book about money is about. Um, (laughs) Right? Like, I want to know. Yeah, seriously, I need that for me. And uh, (laughs) pet Steve, let's please get some management tips from me. Yeah, seriously, (laughs) Uh, it could be useful. But they have, so they have a lot of really great books and I I highly recommend them. They're a great company. Um, But at any rate, so- Good work. Yeah, absolutely. And what's interesting is they they find authors that- um, that are sort of special, you know, specialists in whatever field they're talking about. Um, so the author of this book, uh, Ross Sabo, is um, he is sort of a, a he speaks a lot about mental health. Uh, he has another he has another book as well um, that he wrote called Behind Happy Faces, um, and he speaks a lot about anxiety and mental health. So that's sort of his his main his main deal. Um, and so, you know, as someone who also has anxiety and so therefore was a kid with anxiety. Um, and so in this book, uh, well, first of all, I just want to start out by reading the intro because I really appreciate the intro. Kids learn about their physical health from a really young age. They learn about their body, uh, how much water they should drink, what they should eat, and who to go to when they feel sick. We don't teach them the same kind of skills with with their mental health. We often wait until they are much older or until something is clearly wrong to start a conversation about how to take care of their emotions. When most people hear the words mental health, they tend to think of a person who is having who has a problem. However, mental health isn't of having a problem. The actual definition of mental health is how you address challenges in your life. Mental health is communication, healthy relationships, strong coping skills, and how you take care of your mind. This book is designed to help kids start thinking about their mental health the same way they start thinking they think about physical health. It is intended to start 
conversations to normalize mental health from a young age. So um, I really, really appreciated that little intro uh, and like 100% agree with all of that. I think, you know, we do often uh, wait to talk about mental health uh, until it's sort of quote unquote relevant until we feel like it's relevant. Um, Almost in the same way we don't talk about sex a lot of times until we feel like, oh, we need to now. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I appreciate you know, sort of the goal of this book being to open up those doors and conversations early on. Uh, And so basically the book is, is about uh, sort of the author's experiences. Often these books are the author talking directly to the kid. Um, And so it's about the author's experiences as a kid with anxiety. And it sort of starts by talking about the difference between being nervous and having anxiety, which I really appreciate. And uh, let me get to the part where it defines that because I really like that. Um, Trying to find it. Oh, maybe later on. Oh, man, this book. I ha- so I love that I have access to it, but I really like being able to flip through a book. Um, <laughs> it's so hard to have digital, only have digital access to some of these books. Um, but anyway, it talks about the difference between sort of being nervous and having anxiety, uh, which I which I really appreciate. And um, and then it sort of goes on to you know the author sort of introduces themselves, kind of like. At, as they were as a kid. So they say like, you know, my name is Ross. I love recess, chocolate chip cookies, building blanket forts in my room, throwing a football with my older brother. And I am always wearing my favorite Incredible Hulk Mm -hmm. t-shirt. I really like my friends and going to school. But sometimes when I'm sitting in class, I start to feel strange. And so it goes on to explain, uh, you know, how anxiety, how it feels for this person to have anxiety, right? At first, I start to feel like there's a tiny bouncy ball moving from my stomach to my chest. As it moves up, it keeps getting bigger. But now it's not the size of a bouncy ball but a baseball I feel like my heart is beating super fast too fast I feel like I need to escape but I can't um and so it sort of goes on about you know how this person's experience right and there's you know they're looking around and no one else is feeling that way or it doesn't seem like anyone else is feeling that way and they start to cry and now everyone in the classroom is staring at them and you know they just want to stop but they don't know what to do and so they go through this story and they're explaining right like it's not just that I'm having a bad day I'm not upset about forgetting my homework no one was mean to me I'm not just nervous like I have anxiety so they're sort of going off the idea that like sometimes anxiety happens for no reason um You know, anxiety is an uncontrollable feeling that stops you from doing what you normally do. It's different from just being nervous. When you're nervous, it doesn't last that long, like before a test or a game or before you go to the doctor. Being nervous is a natural feeling everyone has, and it lasts a short time and goes away. But anxiety is a feeling that continues to grow over time. Um, And so I appreciate that difference there because like I was saying that was one of my sort of biggest qualms with some of the other books that I felt like were conflating anxiety and you know just being nervous or having worries or certain other things Mm -hmm. um and so I appreciated that they specifically were like no this is a different thing um and then what basically what they what he does is he tells the story again but this time he tells it with using coping mechanisms so he you know he tells the same story um 
and then and then you know when the when he feels like the bouncy balls in his chest he starts to take some deep breaths to keep the bouncy ball from growing the breaths help slow it down but now my heart is beating fast so i close my eyes try to focus on feeling my breath run through my chest so it just goes through the same story um but talks about how to use coping mechanisms um so it's like a choose your own adventure of coping <laughs> yes <laughs> She's your own adventure anxiety, uh, <laughs> you know, and then, right. Like, and then like, you know, they still end up crying, but instead like they raise their hand to go to the bathroom. And when they get outside of the room, they cry a little bit, but you know, it's not as much as other times. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so it's not like, oh, it's going to fix everything. Like you're still having the feelings and the emotions, um, but it's just ways of coping with them, which I really appreciate. And then it also goes on to, you know, after school, I tell my parents I had to leave class because I couldn't stop my anxiety. My parents told me that they support me doing what I need to do to take care of myself, um, which I thought was like a nice little, I hope, I hope we can only hope all parents would be supportive of that. Right. <laughs> um, and so then it also talks about, uh, you know, going to, you um, going to a counselor as well and how that was a helpful thing for them. Um, And uh, I'm trying to see, how does it? Um, Oh, and then one of my favorite parts is, is the, the last two pages say from one kid who knows what it's like to have anxiety to anyone reading this book. I hope, excuse me. I hope, you know, it's okay not to be okay. Mm. Um, and so I really, really appreciated that. Uh, I really like the, the um, that it's like from a kid's perspective, like from one kid to another kind of thing, even though it's written by an adult, right? It's sort of like his perspective as from when he was a kid. What um, he wished he had been told when he was Yeah, exactly. And I like, you know, the idea that they're reinforcing this idea that it could happen for no reason, that there isn't always a trigger. Um, I like, you know, the the whole that they talk about going to a counselor, um, which I think is, you know, like, yes, like breathing can be helpful, but uh, sometimes, you know, going to a therapist or having or medication or things like that are also necessary and helpful. Um, And so I like books that sort of destigmatize those things. Mm -hmm. And I appreciated the last line of it's okay not to be okay. Um, The one uh, room to grow that I have, or well, in fact, I have two. Um, as I always say about these books, for some people, the fact that there are no illustrations might be like a no go for you. I personally don't; doesn't bother me. Um, they sort of like we were saying, like they use like this book has um, the design in it is uh, like, gosh, what do you call them? You know, like on a heart monitor, the little like lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yes, what those lines are yeah, called. I don't know. I don't know what they're called either, technically. But it's basically that. So, so when when they're when they're talking about having high anxiety, you know, the lines are like all wild, and when it, mm-hmm. you know it's talking about calm things, the lines are like you know regular and calm. Um, and so that's just one thing that to take into consideration if your kid is like super visual and isn't going to stare at a book with no pictures. Um, but I would, I mean, I would imagine this is for a slightly older child anyway. Um, but uh, also, so the one thing when I when I read this to my uh, my sensitivity reader, my wife, um, <laughs> she uh, she's the one thing that she sort of said was, well, they're they're talking about how they are only showing an example that anxiety is like just shows up out of nowhere, but like also anxiety can have triggers, um, and so she felt like that part of the story was left out. Like, yeah, like 
yes, sometimes I might just be sitting in class and I might get really upset and I don't know why, but also like, maybe I'm really worried about, you know, that test that's going to happen next week. And like, like she thought it would be valuable if they showed the idea of like, okay, there's a difference between like someone without anxiety, who's just like, Oh man, I'm really stressed about that test. And you know, someone with anxiety who might ruminate about it for the whole week, (laughs) you know, and not be able to think about anything else, but like this test, this test, this test. So she thought that that was sort of missing. Um, and then the, the only other thing that I sort of felt like was missing that was in their book about depression, but they didn't mention in this book was talking about medication. Um, as something that can be helpful because I just think any chance we have to talk about like destigmatizing medication is like an opportunity we should take. Um, right. right. So that was the, those, that was sort of the only thing that I felt was missing a little bit from this book. Um, but overall I really liked it. I love, I, I haven't read one of their books so far that I didn't like um, in general. They're, they're really great. And I think it's because they find uh, you know, people who know what they're talking about. <laughs> which is always helpful um they're not it's not just you know someone who happens to be passionate about something writing about it when they don't know about it Um, right they do they do take a really informed kind of own voices approach to these these topics yeah so those are my um so those are my three picks uh and uh yeah i would love to hear about yours oh all right um, well, to compliment, so it, it seems like this week your books uh, were more on the informative side, right? Like they were books. I feel that... like I, I feel like this is what always happens. My books are always like, this is what the thing is. <laughs> well, I, I, I throw a curveball and do some of those sometimes. But <laughs> in this instance, um, uh, and maybe in other instances as well, my books are really this week happen to feature just characters that experience anxiety. I love that because I had trouble finding books like that. So like I, that I was happy with. So I'm excited, uh, yeah. I'm excited to hear about yours. Yeah. yeah. So like incidental representation of anxiety is what I would mm-hmm. say. Um, but I also do want to note that um, in our discussion about books um, for talking about depression, I did introduce Small Things by mm-hmm. Mel uh, Tregoning, completed by Sean Tan and uh, published by Pajama Press in 2018. And I read that book um, as kind of speaking, it's a wordless graphic novel, and I read it at the mm-hmm. time as speaking to depression, but um, in reading a little bit more about the impetus for the story and kind of the author, illustrators, creators, uh, uh, intentions, I think it also reads beautifully and might have been intended to read as a story about anxiety and social anxiety. Mm. So I do want to give a plug for Small Things, which is available on your child's Epic account if you have uh, if you are doing distance learning and have access to Epic. Um, mm. Of course, also available um, through your local library and local bookstore, etc. But the two books that, or the I guess the fir- the two books that I'm talking about today um, are Pilar's Worries and I Hate Everyone. And I'm, mood. <laughs> and that's right. also incidentally the first sentence I learned in French. Je déteste les gens. I hate people. So I'm <laughs> all here for this book. I'm ready. This is the book for you. <laughs> um, and so these two books actually, I think, show um, show different iterations of how anxiety might manifest in a child, right? 
Um, mm. And so you might have a child that's experiencing anxiety with whom, for whom one of these characters will resonate really strongly, um, or you might have a child for whom the other character resonates really strongly, or you might have a child who recognizes their uh, dramatic younger sister in one of the characters <laughs> that, that resonates really strongly. So um, these kind of show this, the, the spectrum of, of how anxiety manifests. Um, and I want to start by saying um, that according, I was doing some research on anxiety um, and according to Catherine Miller, Carol, sorry, pardon me. According to Caroline Miller, who is the executive director of the Child Mind Institute, um, uh, Miller calls anxiety a great masquerader. And we'll I'll give a link to this, this little article in the show notes, maybe, um, if we can. And it says, anxiety manifests in a surprising variety of ways, in part because it is based on a physiological response to a threat in the environment, a response mm. that maximizes the body's ability to either face danger or escape danger. So while some children exhibit anxiety by shrinking from situations um, or objects that trigger fears, some react with overwhelm with overwhelming need to break out of an uncomfortable situation. Mm. All right. I take it back. (laughs) (laughs) Behavior, which can be unmanageable, is often misread as anger or opposition. Um, So I thought that was really interesting. Uh, So, but in the, so in the first book, I think I'll start with Pilar's worries and Pilar's worries, I think is, is probably the, the book um, in which the child exhibits kind of more like quintessential or traditional um, recognizable features of anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in this story, let me pull it up again. This is incidental representation. So it does talk. Um, it's not the story of, of Pilar discovering that she has anxiety or learning about coping mechanisms. We are meeting Pilar as a child who, who has anxiety, who has learned coping mechanisms and is going about her life and facing kind of a triggering situation. And mm-hmm. we just, we, we, we walk with her, we join her, we shouldn't say mm-hmm. walk with her, but we join her as she experiences um, her day-to-day life of facing kind of a big event, a big triggering event. Um, and so uh, the book is written by Victoria M. Sanchez. And uh, pictures are by Jess Golden, and it was published by Albert Whitman and Company in 2018. And Albert Whitman and Company is another one of our um, publishers who does a nice job with these these books that mm-hmm. normalize mental health, um, etc. And so um, Pilar is a child who really loves ballet, and um, Friday is her ballet class day, and so she's very excited um, to have. To be, she's looking forward to ballet practice until she realizes that on Saturday, there are auditions for the Winter Wonderland dance. Um, and so that, that idea of auditioning and having to be up on stage kind of being judged is a really triggering event um, that ends up triggering a lot of anxiety. And so, um, and, and this book does use terms like worry um, so I'll talk about that a little bit more in the way to go room to grow. Um, but she, she takes deep breaths. She lets out her breath. She hugs herself. Um, she kind of gives affirmations. Friday's always a good day. So we see her using these coping mechanisms, um, already. 
a couple of things kind of go wrong during, during school. She forgets a book. Um, and she ends up feeling like you were saying about the bouncy ball. It says by lunch, her stomach is squeezed so small. She can only swallow one bite, even though it's pot sticker day. So she's having those kind of physical what kind of fancy school does she go to that they get pot stickers. <laughs> well, I love that. It's like, um, you know, there's a lot of talk about how, um, how food like different, like food from kind of different cultures, like traditionally different cultures, um, Mm -hmm. how there can be a lot of shaming around children that bring those foods for lunch. Yeah. Um, So I actually love that it happens to be potsticker day. You know, it's not that it's, I mean, at at this child. Spaghetti day or something. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe like, oh, it's, it's taco Tuesday or whatever, you know, like, like I love that it's potsticker day and that's what she's excited about. I thought that was a nice little, little. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But you know, always on the lookout for those little things. And so she, in, um, she, in class, she knows the answer to a problem, but she kind of experiences um, selective mutism and just like cannot kind of answer the question and, and just really, you know, shakes her head and, and doesn't want to be involved. And someone whispers, she always says pass, you know, because she says pass, like, I, I don't, I don't want to be called on. Um, so we get the sense that this is not, that she is kind of dwelling on the, um, on the recital or not the recital, but you know, the auditions for the recital, mm-hmm. but this is something that this is, this is a habit. She's, she's often quiet in class. She often doesn't want to speak up. Um, and she's her, her, she's tearing up. Her heart beats fast. She's panicking. Do I need to go home? And then her, her, her friend slides a little note over that says breathe. And she's reminded of some of these coping, coping mechanisms and tools that she has in her tool belt. Um, so the story goes on. She goes to ballet. She um, really loves the class that she's taking. Um, that I also she- love that her friend is a boy and is in ballet with her. Yeah. And he's like, like. he's wearing this like amazing, like. Oh, the shirt? Yeah. Oh, good. You're looking at it. That's right. I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I love his shirt. So, um, and there's like lots of incidental representation that. The, yeah, in the, the honestly, in the back in the back of the classroom in that scene, I don't see one white child. Yeah, yeah, they all read as um, read as people of color. Yeah, um, and so uh, she goes through class, is again reminded of the audition, and starts to feel anxiety again. Um, and she chats with her mother at home. She's feeling, you know, her chest tightens. She's crying. She's she's articulates. I'm too nervous to participate in tryouts and her mom gives her some words of encouragement. Um, my whole body is scared. She says, um, and her mother, you know, she says, um, Mahita, if you decide to audition, you will feel scared, but usually when you're doing what you love, the good feelings are so big that the bad feelings become small. Um, and so, we kind of get the sense that dance is something that has also been kind of a coping mechanism mm-hmm. for her. Um, and so the next day she ends up going to the audition and um, her, her friend makes her laugh. She makes it through the audition and kind of finds that, that happy place, that centering place within herself 
And then um, it says, next week during sharing, Ms. Jenkins goes around the circle. Pass, says Pilar. But Sebastian raises his hand. Pilar and I are going to be in Winter Wonderland. We're snowflakes. Her classmates speak up all at once. Cool. Wow. Whoa. <laughs> Pilar's skin warms, but this time it's ni- it's nice heat, like the warmth of a fire after playing in the snow. Um, and that's the end. And so she's still, um, this is not a... I like that, you know, she, she made it through the audition. It was very, very hard for her. She did it. She found a place where she was able to do it. Um, she went back to the class and she still didn't share about it, right? This is not a magic fix. Like this is she's yeah. still a child who experiences social anxiety, who experiences maybe selective mutism um, and still says pass, but her friend is able to you know, yeah. share their good news. One of, one of the things I love is that when she's thinking, when she's like ruminating about like, uh, you know, I can't dance in front of all those people. It's like a spotlight on her on the stage and there's all these like angry faces behind her. <laughs> and then the last, the last page is sort of the opposite. It's her performing as the snowflake and it's all these happy faces oh, in the audience. Smiley. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice. Right. <laughs> um, and so this story was um, inspired, so we get a little author's note in the back, um, and it says, I'll just read the first sentence, Pilar's worries was inspired by my experience watching a child in my family struggle with the worries until the day she found her mode of expression through dance. Um, By finding that her own method to express herself, she found focus, developed confidence, and discovered courage, and yet her anxiety will never just go away. Um, and, and, and it goes on to kind of talk about, uh, the tools and the coping mechanisms, and then also just kind of a message, I would say like a message of encouragement and, and like, um, solidarity with grownups, like kind of giving them some questions to ask yourself about your child. Um, and then also some, some words of encouragement. It says, um, uh, anxiety is the most common diagnosis for children, mm. and it's estimated to affect approximately 10% of all children, but it's also one of the easiest conditions to treat with simple coping strategies and cognitive behavioral therapy. Um, and um, that line, uh, which I really read as like a words of reassurance to a parent, mm-hmm. um, was really uh, uh Kirkus Review wrote kind of a scathing review of this story um, mm. in which they really felt like that they, they kind of took that line out of the out of the author's note, which I thought was a very like rich and kind of co- um, uh, like thorough author's note, right? Like the, the last sentence in the first paragraph is, and yet her anxiety will never just go away. Um, yeah. But the reviewer kind of picked up on this idea of um, simple coping strategies and took issue with it and thought that it really minimized anxiety. Mm. Um, and so I actually, what I did when I read that review, it didn't really resonate, um, with the the story that I had just read. So I actually did reach out to the author, um, and had like a really amazing back and forth with her about, um, kind of the author of the book or of the review. Sorry. Sorry. Yes. I'm sorry. The author of the book. So I reached Mm. out to um, uh, Victoria Sanchez and kind of asked, like, um, do you have any kind of comment on that? And um, she wrote that um, 
that she wished she hadn't written the word simple, that maybe the, that the word simple, she, um, she recognizes that the tools are simple, like breathing, mm -hmm. uh, but executing using them, them might not always yeah, be. might not yeah. be simple. and so that I, I really appreciated uh, I, d I personally didn't feel like it needed clarification but I appreciated her kind of expounding upon her thinking there yeah. um and so she what she did say um that kind of prompted her use of this word simple or kind of reminding the adult reader um you know uh to keep an eye out and to kind of run through this list of questions um, is because uh, in Victoria Sanchez's own story, they were able to get um, an evaluation and a diagnosis um, for the child and her family. And that did lead to being able to access all of these tools for her tool belt, which really did allow her to thrive and be able to cope with her anxiety. And Sanchez points out that um, in her research, she has learned that kids with anxiety, kids with anxiety um, have a much greater chance of successfully maintaining their anxiety at a manageable level. So it's something where you do want to kind of catch it early and provide children with those tools um, and to help them build that repertoire of, of coping mechanisms. Um, and so she ends the author's note by saying, with encouragement and family support, things can get a whole lot better. Um, and so I think that, like you said, one of the, one of the concerns with books about anxiety is this, the idea of maybe accidentally conflating, um, stage fright and nervousness and worry with true anxiety. Um, and so that is one potential room to grow with this book It's just, maybe it could be a little bit more careful with language. Um, or articulate in a couple spots, like kind of the distinction between those things, like teasing them apart a little bit, a little bit more. Um, but I really feel like it does a, a, a lovely job of presenting a child who has anxiety, who has learned these coping mechanisms, and is experiencing a triggering event and like, working through it to the best of her ability. Yeah, I, I'm not mad at it. I really like it. Um, and I'm pretty critical. And I think, uh, you know, I think that actually this has shown up on some lists that I was looking at. And the minute I saw worries, I was just like, I won't read it. And I got, <laughs> I got, you know, a little uh, defensive. Right. Um, about it. But but now that I'm reading the story, uh, I think that, you know, it does. It's I guess it's like, right, like, yes, people with anxiety do have worries, <laughs> you know, um, but I think uh, I, I really, I really like the, the idea of just, you know, somebody who it's like a day in the life of somebody who has anxiety. Exactly, I mean? exactly. And I think um, it made me think of how you, you end up giving a name to something like, like that your child experiences, um, um, you know, Moira calls David Rose's um, bedwetting accident an oopsie. Um, you know, like like you come up with mm -hmm. ways of describing, um, like giving a name to the experience your child's having. So I could see uh, a, you know, a parent saying like, are you having your worries? 
Yeah, but like not totally. Saying, like, are you are you experiencing your social anxiety right now? <laughs> like, so it's yeah. I, 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 <laughs> colloquial way of talking about what what this particular child experiences. Um, and right, because, um, and, and in the note from the author to kind of, uh, buttress that she puts the worries in quotation marks, like this is, yeah. that is the way that it's described in their family. Um, mm. yeah. So I'm glad that we, that we both moved past like that, that, that concern that it might be conflating these ideas and then found this really lovely little story. Um, yeah, and and I love that it is an own voices book, right? Mm, so it's written mm-hmm. by um, Victoria Sanchez, um, identifies as a woman, a mother, a writer, and a mixed Latina. And that Pilar is like, like presents as brown, like pre- presents as Latina, Latinx, and her, you know, her mother speaking um, like uh, terms of endearment in Spanish. And, yeah, calls her uh, mijita, yeah. yeah, yeah. And like we said, there's also this great like additional representation just incidentally throughout the book. Yeah. So That's wonderful. Yeah. I yeah, I appreciate like both the racial and the gender representation of there being more than one, you know, boy in dance class and, you know. Exactly. I appreciate that. Yeah. And she and again, like she kind of I mean, this is a book. This is not an informative book. It's a story. So she's a child that incidentally has social anxiety. So so I I really enjoyed this one. Yeah, I like that one a lot too. Mm-hmm. Um all right. And so the second book that I want to talk about is called I Hate Everyone. And <laughs> I love the cover of this book. <laughs> I, just, I mean, this book, it just, I, yes, I, th- I think this book is darling and it really resonated with my experience um, as a child in certain ways. And I, um, I don't even know how I stumbled across it. I think I found like a New York Times like book roundup of books about like like bad feelings or negative emotions or 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 kids behaving badly. I don't know how I landed on this. But I, <laughs> as soon as I saw it and kind of read through it, I was like, oh, this is a story about a child with anxiety. And it's never, it's absolutely not not mentioned that way. I'm definitely bringing that reading to it. But mm-hmm. I, think it, I think it works really well if you think about it as a child who's feeling these kind of disruptive, angry emotions because she's like super uh, uncomfortable, but also excited and happy, but also completely anxious about what's going on around her, which is her own birthday party. Um, and this book is written by Naomi Danis. And illustrated by Cinta Aribas. And Cinta Aribas is, is um, a Spanish, like lives in Madrid, Spain, um, illustrator. And Naomi Davis is quote unquote independent Jewish and independently Jewish and proudly feminist, um, which we can mm. link to that article or that interview in the in the show notes, I hope, or in the further reading. Um and so this book was published by POW Kids in 2018. And it's called I Hate Everyone. And at the beginning, <laughs> this child has on a like the juxtaposition of this child's birthday hat and the expression on their face. <laughs> uh, it's just funny. They're sticking so, their tongue out. They're yeah. very angry. 
clutching not, their not bunny, sticking yes. their tongue out, scowling with this like polka dot birthday cap on. And it says, it's my birthday. So boo, I hate all of you. <laughs> Just I feel like this child is like actually a crotchety old man. <laughs> <laughs> they have Benjamin buttons at social media. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so it says, I love ice cream. I hate you. Don't sing. <laughs> and there's this child is like sitting in the middle of a of a group just howling while everyone else is just like happily, like blithely. The eyes of everyone are just happy slits. Like they're just, you know, contentedly chatting and enjoying themselves and um she is howling take off the silly hat stop smiling stop laughing but Uh, like you know when you're cranky and like at people are happy and you're just like stop being happy exactly and also if you imagine that child if this child someone who has um like any sort of like auditory sensory processing disorder yes totally this is all overwhelming like they're all here to celebrate the child who to me reads as her so i might accidentally gender the child even though it's not this child is not gendered in the book but forgive me if i if i use a pronoun i will forgive Um, you um (laughs) thank you and um, so, right. So they're all here to celebrate this child and there's loud noise, there's balloons, there's crunching of chips, there's slurping, like all of these things could be making this child just, you know, just like nails on a chalkboard for this child, even when they, while they are so excited to have, be having their birthday celebrated, like both things can be true. Um, and that kind of goes to show on the next scene where you see the child with the bowl of chips saying, don't look at me. And then the child has dumped the bowl of chips on their head and is saying, no, look at me. Right. So they're, they're all mixed up, all mixed up. Um, and so the, the story goes on. Um, the child hates the, the balloons, hates the popping, hates it when they stop. Pop with, oh, oh wait, I hate when the balloons pop. This is great. This child is holding a pin. I hate when the balloons pop. And I hate when you say stop popping the balloons. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And and then um, this child says, I hate when I'm afraid. Um, Who invited the baby? You said it was my party. Goo goo, go away. That's my favorite page. (laughs) (laughs) I'm hungry. I'm tired. Who invited the baby? Oh my gosh! And this baby is just looking again with the, the most. Oh, and the baby has expression. the baby oh. has her rabbit. Oh, yes. but also like so like innocently, right? Um, yeah, and she. But look, they're getting their Cheeto hands all over that rabbit. I don't oh, like no. that. That rabbit. <laughs> Rabbit's going in the wash. <laughs> Um, and so, and I, I, I won't, I won't read aloud the whole book, although I could, I mean, I really that's <laughs> one fantastic spread after another, um, too little, I'm too little, I'm too big. Ah. And so I don't feel just right. I feel like a fight. Like this is a kid with social anxiety. Get this kid some coping mechanisms, which is what <laughs> I had told someone had told my parents back in the day about my. Uh, anyway, long story short, uh, bygones. Um, <laughs> uh, 
that's that's tea I should not spill. Um, <laughs> and so uh, I think at one point this child is perhaps being taken out of the party. An adult is just like, this is too much. Um, and they kind of have a tantrum. And then you see, um, but I want you to love me. Yes, I do. Can't you see that? No, you can't. Oh, well then, surprise. Somehow, even while I'm busy hating you, at the very same time, deep down, it's hard to understand, and I hate to say it, but I love you. Right? And so now this she, this child is, is offering the baby the bunny. Um, and is kind of has moved through and then kind of moves into this intense like love phase um which also like kind of resonates like they've moved through that fight and flight component right and are and have gotten to a place where they can like be present for a moment and then they sing and that so then the, well i guess the last spread um the child is like standing with a smile and says, okay, go ahead, sing. <laughs> um, which could be kind of like the, a parallel to that moment when Pilar is standing on that stage, right? Like all of this anxiety could be about the fact that this child is going to be the center of attention. Everyone's going to be looking at them and singing a song to them and like, holy shit, what is more embarrassing slash exciting slash nerve wracking than that? Right. And so like all of this is this, this emotional volatility and this reaction. And then finally she gets to this place like Pilar does where she's able to kind of use her coping mechanisms, use her strategies and, and get up on that stage and find her happy place. Mm. Now this child is like, okay, go ahead, sing. (laughs) And that is the end. (laughs) Goo goo, go away is my gender. Like I can't get over that. I can't get over it. Oh my gosh. Right. So to me, I mean, I, this book just resonated really strongly as a, as a book about a child with social anxiety at their own birthday party. And I thought it was phenomenal. And I think it would, it might resonate with, with a lot of other people as well, who either were this kid, had this kid as a sibling, have this kid now, or are this kid now. Yeah. It's a great book. Something about it, like, I I don't read it as a child who has ADHD, but something about it resonated with me as like a child who did have ADHD about the like, the like doing things and just being like, don't look at me, don't look at me, like I'm doing a thing for attention now, like, (laughs) something about that really resonated with me, like the, like the popping the balloons and like the putting chips on her head and like... I don't know. I hate this sound, but don't make me stop doing it. Why am I doing yep. this? <laughs> exactly. Like just doing things and not knowing why you're like, because it's like with ADHD, like you do things and you don't know why you're doing them. Like I literally cut up all my mom's towels one day. I just, I don't know. I was bored. Like, and then my mom like went to take a bath and was just like, what? It's <laughs> like, I don't know. Oh my gosh. But that's what that also made me think about that a little bit. That's funny. About kids who are just like, like the different reasons that kids act out and how we'll often label a kid like a bad kid and we're not really seeing what's going on, I guess is what that made me think about. You know, if this is a kid who's acting out and we're just seeing a kid who's acting out and not seeing like, wow, you're having anxiety about this party. Right, right. You know, and I I think that that, um, giving parents a word of reassurance 
that there are like, yes, some, like there are children who, for whom, um, medication and like deep therapy, uh, is going to be the most kind of the recipe for success. Right. Mm-hmm. But there are also children who, for whom parents might be really overwhelmed and there are a slew of kind of low in like low investment, like cost, you know, like, like there are, there are coping strategies there are yeah. that children can have in their tool belt as a first line of like, let's see if this helps. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's like, I mean, that's how, even with like, I'm thinking about like how we work with medication, right? We always try like the most low key thing first and we work our way to like the more serious, serious things. I think it's the same thing with this, right? You try the, you know, the the coping mechanisms and things first before we're going to like, it's not like your kid misbehaves one day and you're like, well, medication and therapy for the rest of your life, (laughs) you know? Right. And, but it, right. Exactly. And not because there's anything wrong with medication and therapy. No. It, it is expensive and it, it takes a different set of resources. And so let's start Absolutely. With low impact resources that don't, that don't take that kind of invest. I mean, they take an emotional investment and a commitment, but. Um, and also, right. If that can help without you needing those other things that why you know what I mean? Like, that's just the first, it's, it's like, not, again, I don't want to say like, it's the easiest thing, because it's, it's not, you know, easy to implement them always. But it's, it's something that doesn't take, you know, uh, doesn't take those kinds of resources, like you were saying. Right, right. So whether so for a parent who has a child, kind of a, a Pilar, or this child, like, consider consider the coping the coping mechanisms and the tools that are recommended for social anxiety um, and see if you can reframe a child's kind of disruptive behavior. You know, this, this particular child almost got removed from her own birthday party. Um, <laughs> but if she had been getting, you know, perhaps if she had been provided with tools um, and kind of mm-hmm. figured out how to implement them, like she would have had a more positive experience of her party and the people around her would have had a more positive experience of her party. Yeah, absolutely. So I like I like thinking about um, the, these different ways that that anxiety can manifest and 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 result in behaviors that you might not expect, but could benefit yeah. the same tools as those those kids who have the more traditional presentation. Yeah, and coping mechanisms can look like so many. They can look so different. Like one, and it's of course it depends on what it's for. But like one that I'm thinking about for, like for example, when my wife starts to have a panic attack, one that we use is um, uh, there's a couple like naming things in the room. Uh, it's a good grounding exercise. So just looking around the room and being like computer, wall, door, because it's taking your brain and making it focus on something else. Another one that we like is she'll go through the alphabet and she'll think about, so let's say she'll choose a category like animals, and then she'll think about uh, an animal for every letter of the alphabet mm-hmm. um, or whatever, you know, whatever that category is. It could be colors. It could be, it could be anything. Um, but but I think there's a lot of really, you know, that like we were saying before, the techniques themselves are not complicated. Um, and there's boundless resources on the internet um, about about stuff like that. And I'm sure there's books as well uh, about coping mechanisms and grounding, grounding activities. Um, 
but yeah, there's, there's so many different things that you can, that you can do with that kind of stuff that are definitely accessible to kids. Like I'm sure kids would love thinking about animals, like for, you know what I mean? It's like, and it's practicing your alphabet. So you win, win, win. (laughs) That at my birthday parties, I'm just thinking of like, actual birthday party games as coping mechanisms right mm. that could be a party game for all of the children at the party yep um, like let's my- think about animals <laughs> i don't know if you ever did this but my my mom when, once uh, once we got old enough to kind of write i think um my mom would do this game uh where she would take a tray and fill it with random stuff like mm. almost like one of those I spy books. Yeah. I spy books, but she would create a tray that was like that kind of medley of interesting little doohickeys. And then she would put it on the table for one minute and you, you, everyone had a piece of paper and a pencil and you had to basically memorize, like you couldn't start writing yet, but you had to look at the tray. And then when she took it away, you had to write down as many things as you could remember that were on the tray. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, which was like such a, I think, like such a random like child's party game, but it was totally, <laughs> totally fun. And now I'm thinking like, yeah, maybe some of those games, like the things that you do at parties where it's like, okay, now let's play a game. It's like, everyone's feeling awkward and maybe a little anxious. Like, let's play a game to get our- Yeah, totally. The way that our society has built in these um, tension releases- um, into these events that can make people uncomfortable. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, that's why we need icebreakers at parties. <laughs> um, oh my gosh. So those are my those are the the books that I that I wanted to share this week to give parents some some fun books for the bookshelf that feature children who have social anxiety. Yeah, I love that. I love. I know I've said this before, but I love that about how we individually are just drawn to different types of books um, because I think that both sort of more didactic books and, you know, books with narratives are so helpful for different things. You know what I mean? Like it's nice, like, like I feel like Pilar's worries I could easily just have on the shelf. Um, you know what I mean? As opposed to some of, you know, uh, like you know, as opposed to my books. where children. What did you say? Like the anxiety, like um, maybe you wouldn't just pull down the anxiety workbook. for children. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> We're going to have fun today. Let's do an anxiety workbook. <laughs> not, that that might, you know, not that that wouldn't resonate for a lot of children, but maybe let one that you wouldn't necessarily read before. Yeah. I feel like that's more a tool if my, if my child is experiencing anxiety or like even all birds have anxiety or the children's book about anxiety might be um, books that I read if, you know, someone in my child's life has anxiety or, I mean, it's also just good, like with older kids to just be like, Hey, this is something that some people experience. Um, hundred percent. All of most, almost, almost all of those, right. Like, I don't think either of us is saying you only use a certain (laughs) book for bibliotherapy when you need it. Um, but some books are going to be more, um, more geared towards that. Um, right. To certain readers. So it's nice to have a medley, nice to have a a plethora of options. Yeah, absolutely. I also wanted to say there's in that series by Kathy Hoopman, All Birds Have Anxiety, there's also All Dogs Have ADHD and All Cats Have Asperger's. Oh, I feel like I have, I feel like I have encountered those before. 
Yeah. yeah, they're really they're really cute. It's a really cute series, and the pictures are just really captivating. Um, they're it's just like like it's it's this nice juxtaposition of like you're talking about kind of a serious subject, but it's like these goofy pictures of animals. <laughs> All right, so uh, thank you as always for being here, and uh, I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited for next week when we continue our our next topic. Yeah, always. Mm. And sometimes fat uh, books, but mainly. And some, <laughs> sometimes fat books. And sometimes, oh, hell no. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, see you next time. Remember, stay rad.